Welcome to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast, presented by Team Snap and hosted by veteran soccer broadcaster, Dean Linke. Uniting coaches at every level of the game, around the love of the game. We are United Soccer Coaches. Now, here's our host, Dean Linke. Today on the United Soccer Coaches Podcast, we put the spotlight on D3 Soccer. That means we talk to our reigning national champion coaches. Up first, Michelin Pinard, the head coach for Williams College. She won another D3 women's title. She's announced that this will be her last year, so we'll hear about that decision as well. Josh Shapiro won another national championship for Tufts University for D3 men. He is up second. Then we meet three members of our 30 under 30 class, and we start with Connor Preacher, who happens to be a D3 women's head coach. He's the top man at Hood College. Just a week or so ago, he celebrated his 30th birthday, so we think he's the oldest member of this 30 under 30 class and after he's done we meet the youngest member Evan Siegel who now coaches for Real Colorado just 22 years old and already talking about the virtues of United Soccer Coaches and our last guest another member of our 30 under 30 class I'm telling you right now you're going to love him his name is Luis Polito his mom and dad immigrated from Mexico to California they were migrant workers they worked in the fields they got an opportunity to go to Nebraska, Middle America, work at a meat factory, and they decided to do it. All four kids went there. He's living in Nebraska, not thinking about college. No one in his family thought about college. Next thing you know, he ends up playing soccer in college. And from there, the story gets even better. You will enjoy meeting Luis Polito as well. Good show, folks. I love doing this show. I hope you enjoy listening to it. We start with Michelin Pinard, the head coach, Williams College, your reigning D3 women's college champ. Managing your club or league shouldn't feel like a second job. With Team Snap, it doesn't have to. They help their customers save time and sanity on tasks such as communication, registration, scheduling, and more. Bring your club or league into the 21st century with Team Snap. Go to TeamSnap.com. Once again, here's Dean Linky. This is the United Soccer Coaches Podcast presented by Team Snap. As I said off the top, we're dedicating a good part of today's program to Division Three, off and running. No surprise, the Williams College Fs on the women's side, your back-to-back national champions are off to a 2-0 and start. They are led by their super uber successful head coach, Michelin Pinard, who announced, by the way, back in July that she is leaving Williamstown. That is, of course, the home to Williams College and the F after 18 seasons. That will be after this year and at least three national championships. Who knows? She could go back to back to back when she wraps up this academic year. She'll become the athletic director at the Thatcher School, a private boarding school out in California. Now, I want to remind everybody before we get to know Michelin again, the F's are the two-time defending national champs. They won three of the past four national titles in D3. And over 17 seasons to date, Michelin has compiled an overall record now of 259, 46, and 34, almost an 820 winning percentage, the fifth best active percentage in Division Three. She replaced current Williams Athletic Director Lisa Melody as head coach back in 2002, and she joins me now. Michelin, thanks for being with us. Absolutely. Thank you. 
not everybody gets to say how their swan song is going to play out, but you do. So first off, I'm sure it's bittersweet, right? Because Williamstown, Mass. has been a just a wonderful place for you. Uh, absolutely. I feel insanely lucky to have the opportunity to finish my career knowing it's my last year. And, yeah, I feel like I've grown up here professionally um, in Williamstown. I, you know, I got the job when I was 25 and really had so many mentors here and people not only at, at Williams but within women's soccer, Division Three women's soccer in general, who allowed me to grow and, and ultimately um, – evolve into the coach that I, I, I am today. So I feel really lucky for the experience I've had and even luckier to, to, to move on and leave the program in a place that I'm really proud of. So talk about the decision to go to Thatcher School. Tell us a little bit about the Thatcher School, and then we'll circle back to Williams College because that's a big move. You're going from the, you know, the cold of Massachusetts out to the warmth of California. Yeah, so I've grown up in the Northeast my entire life, and I must admit I've never really enjoyed winter. And so about three years back, I went on sabbatical. I was on leave, and I went to San Diego. And I just felt like it was certainly a place where my family and I could enjoy uh, maybe the next step. Um, and I, if I could move Williams out west, um, I would. And so I was really in search of a place that had a similar ethos, a, a sense that, you know, a pursuit of excellence but lots of support for their students. Um, and, and just to be able to be a part of a learning community that um, is, yeah, is inspiring in lots of different ways. Um, so Thatcher, I think, is as close to Williams as you can get. It's obviously younger demographic um, and yeah, obviously a little bit warmer. But other than that, I think there's a lot of a lot more similarities and differences in many ways. And what made you decide that uh, this next move would not involve coaching but be full-time administrative, which is a big role, obviously, in your new role? Yeah, I, I feel like I've learned so much in my time here at Williams, and I – I've always enjoyed the idea of um, problem solving and trying to figure out how to create the very best student experience, not only for my soccer players, but how can we do that as a department? Um, and I've had the opportunity at Williams to, to branch out and do that with other administrators. Um, so the idea of being the athletic director at a place that is well-resourced and supportive of their athletic program is really exciting because I think there are things you can do when organizing an apartment that really can change the trajectory of not only the experience, but for the students, but for the faculty and staff um, in the entire community. So I'm excited about the opportunity to get my head and my hands around a place um, and, and a role that allows me to, to for a lot of sport really, to play a big role in creating community. I just mentioned you won a lot of games, a winning percentage at almost 820. You're back-to-back -back national champions three of the last four years in D3. You've won the national championship. As you are 2-0 and to start this season. How much this year is it about winning or is it about enjoying in the moment? Well, I think, you know, I think the goal is really the same. We're, we're trying first and foremost to create what we call a team experience championship, and that's kind of our foundation. And we feel like if we can do that, we have the capacity, the talent, the, the work rate, um, the motivation to create other championships and help um certainly we don't feel like we have control over that but we know we're trying to win we're trying to win as much as we can and i think that's where the learning comes in to be honest um the, the trying to win certainly we've been really lucky in 
in getting the results um, over the last few years, and you know some of the best learning happens when you don't get those results. So we're trying to we're trying to learn um, regardless each and every day. We're trying to get a little bit better each and every day, and and we're going for it. I'm giving. I've been giving this group everything I have left in the tank, and I feel like that's a lot, um, especially given that this is my last, my last hurrah, and I, I'm excited for it. I feel like I'm a bit of a, like I'm a, I think of myself as a senior, right? Um, you want to leave the program in a great place, and I think we're off to a good start, lots of learning already happening, and we're excited about what's to come. Yeah, they play Westland from Connecticut on Saturday. They've already beat Hamilton 4-2 to two and Tufts. Two to one. Division three women's soccer, and it feels like women's soccer right now at every level is just thriving. You know, you got the Women's World Cup and talk of equal pay. The NWSL is incredible. D1, D2, D3, and the academy programs, the participation levels, everything. Tell us about so where D3 fits into that whole landscape. Well, first of all, I think Division Three women's soccer has evolved over my 18 years in a way that is some, in some ways unfathomable. Um, the level of play right now um, is incredible. The level of skill, the level of athleticism, the level of, level of training, um, it's remarkable. Um, and I think I just really think what I love about Division Three is that it, athletics plays a, a role that makes sense um, – it, 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 an appropriate role. It, it, it plays an appropriate role within the context of the learning experience. Um, and there's just things you can learn through through sport that you can, just can't in the classroom. And I think Division three institutions value that and, and support that. And, and it, it, again, it plays an appropriate role so that it doesn't it doesn't take over one's life, um, but it's a substantial commitment. And you learn through. Um, yeah, you learn through those commitments in a way that, like I said, you can in the classroom, and that's pretty special. I remember you telling me uh, when we talked to you a couple of years ago after you won uh, your second national championship that uh, you are building and, and helping molding these lives of these young women, and they go on to great things. And even looking around your, your website, I see that one of your former standouts is now playing for the USA rugby team, which is pretty neat. I mean, they go on to do some pretty awesome things, right, your athlete? Absolutely. And that's the best part, right, that my hope, my dream when they go through Williams is that they find something else they love just as much, you know, just as much as they do soccer. And if they do that, um, they have the capacity to go on and impact the world in such positive ways. So this place is really just a stepping stone. Um, soccer is a, a medium through which they can learn to be their best selves and learn all those um, skills that that really will help them be successful. But Kirsch uh, playing in, hopefully in the Olympics, um, knock on wood, right? Uh, so, she, yeah, she would an incredible athlete um, to be able to transition to rugby um, after only playing for nine months and to playing at that level. That's incredible. Now, you know, United Soccer Coaches is all about uh, sharing ideas and, and really kind of come together around the love and passion of the game of soccer. You've had an amazing career. Are there a couple mentors that have helped you along the way, Michelin? Oh, there, you know, there's been so many. I'm not even sure I can list um, them all. But, you know, Mike Russo, the former Williams soccer coach, was an incredible mentor to me. Um, Lisa Melody, Harry Sheehy, Bill Manigo, the my Middlebury mentors. I was there before I was um, here. I, there's just so many, and I think that's maybe the thing I learned most is when I realized I, 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 did, I certainly didn't have the answers and then I realized I didn't have to pretend that I had the answers 
I was much more open to all that mentoring, and I think that really changed my career. Uh, it took me a little while to get going here, three or four years, and, but I think all those mentors were uh, invaluable, and I, I wouldn't be where I am without them. Well, as you think about uh, making this final run here and trying to win a national championship, uh, what what uh, will be your best memory about your time at Williams College with the Fs? Oh, goodness. That's a tough one. Um, I think what I'll walk away from is um, the relationships, the friendships, the sense of community, the sense of being part of something bigger than me um, and trying to create these relationships um, not for me, but for the student athletes. So when I see those the Instagrams of people getting married and I see their classmates and their teammates um, as their bridesmaids and in the wedding and at the wedding, and uh, people saying that, you know what, in, the, in their best of moments and the worst of moments, it's their Williams soccer teammates that are there with them um, throughout their lives. That, that, to me, is what matters most, and that's what I'll take with me. I love that. Now, as you head off to your new venture at the end of the academic year, Will you help Lisa, the AD, with the hiring of the new coach, or will you just leave it all in her very capable hands? Yeah, so I, the process doesn't formally include me, but certainly I am uh, willing and, and waiting in the wings to help in whatever way I can. Um, there's nothing I want more for than for this program to continue on the same trajectory. Um, there's certainly always ebbs and flows in programs, um, but my hope is that I'll have the spring semester to really um, – be here for for the new hire and help in any way I can in that transition because transitions are hard. Um, and so if I can be helpful, I'd love to be. Just as we wrap up telling people that uh, the next move for Michelin Pinard, who's won three of the last four D3 Women's Soccer Championships, she's going to the Thatcher School, a selective co-educational independent boarding school, which opened, by the way, folks, in 1889, California's oldest co-ed boarding school, with an enrollment in the mid-200s. The Toads, that they're known, have 14 varsity sports teams, 11 junior varsity sports teams. And I guess i got to ask you, you get out there, you're rolling along, everything's going great. What happens if the Toads end up needing you to coach something? What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> Happy to do it if they need me. Um, certainly wanting to be a part of that community in any way um, that helps them, for sure. All right, well, we're so happy that uh, you joined us here on this special show covering D3 soccer for United Soccer Coaches. Congratulations on all your success, and we wish you all the best in your next venture. Thanks, Dean. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. That's our women's D3 national champion head coach from a year ago. Now we get to meet our men's D3 champion from a year ago, Josh Shapiro, Tufts University. Being a coach means being a lot of things. Mentor, teacher, role model, motivator, leader, organizer. Of course, it's not easy to be all those things. You need help. And who better to help you than an association of fellow coaches? Membership with the United Soccer Coaches includes access to over $500 worth of e-learning courses, an improved online resource library with more than 1,000 activities, session plans and articles, $1 million worth of liability insurance, and a whole lot more. Visit unitedsoccercoaches.org join and start your free 30-day introductory membership today. United Soccer Coaches, your association for all things coaching. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Team Snap. As we said, we're dedicating today's show to Division Three, both men and women. And 
We are two for two and talking to the reigning national champion head coaches, Michelin Tenard. As we just talked to her, she's getting it done at Williams College in what will be her last year. And now we're pleased to be joined by Josh Shapiro, now in his 10th season leading the Tufts University team. And, heck, they've won three national titles in the last five seasons, 2014, 2016, and last year. That's pretty darn good. And he joins me again, a regular on the program, as we always talk to national champions after they win it. Now we're talking to them as we start the D3 season, and we're rolling along. So, Josh, thanks for being with us. No problem. Excited to be here. We've kind of talked about this before, but just talk to me about the merits of D3 men's soccer. That's some pretty good soccer there. Uh, yeah, I think the level is, is really excellent. And, and um, you know, in, in Division three, you know, generally speaking, the kind of the, the quality is driven by the, the, the quality of the academic edu- institutions and, you know, to Tufts and, and our entire conference and, and several other conferences have, have, have really strong academic schools across the board. And I think there's a lot of, a lot of athletes out there who are willing to, you know, make the choice to maybe choose a different place in a Division One environment to find the best academic experience for themselves. And when you can marry, you know, great, challenging academic experience with fantastic athletics, it, it can be a pretty enticing opportunity. Um, and that's what we're kind of trying to do here at Tufts. Well, yeah, and when you think about Tufts, uh, you're right. I mean, you do think strong academic institution, right? I mean, uh, people hold Tufts in high regard academically and, and to be fair, athletically. Uh, 100%. You know, and, and I think the other thing about a Division three experience is that, you know, your, your, your soccer doesn't impose so much on your ability to kind of do everything with your academic experience. Um, so I think our, our kids really feel like they're able to take it full advantage of what the university has to offer, which is, you know, obviously extensive, um, and then still, you know, play at a great level of soccer and not have to make sacrifices there. So, you know, you can you can get the best possible degree, do as much as you want to with that experience, and then also compete for a national championship, and, and there's not a ton of places that you can say that about. So we think we're uh, pretty unique in that respect, and, and I think that's one of the reasons we draw such great student-athletes to our university. Well, one of the interesting things in, in uh, spending some time with you is in also kind of echoing your thoughts on the fact that you're creating great human beings is as you look through your resume, you see that during your tenure, you've been a force for positive change in the surrounding community. A good example is Nick Wolf, right, a 2014 graduate, former goalkeeper coach, who was honored as an inaugural recipient of the University Spirit Sports Service Award given to those jumbo athletes who contributed greatly to the Tufts athletic community behind the scenes. Uh, another example of what's important to you, right? 100%. You know, and I, I think you're, you're trying to, you know, teach and empower these kids to to make a difference and, and have an impact in their communities. And, and you know, we don't, we don't want guys to just come here, just study and just play soccer. I, I think that's sort of short-sighted and, and, and not, you know, allowing them to kind of reach their full potential. Their potential is massive. These are really talented young men, and, and we're trying to help them, you know, think outside the box and, and, and be impactful in their communities and impactful in their classes and impactful on their teammates. And, you know, that's that's how you have a real big experience, and that's how you figure out what your, you know, your your, your true potential in life. Your college is, is uh, your chance to go figure out who you want to be, and, and you got to try some stuff and, and push yourself in, in a lot of different directions to, 
to figure who that is. Well, when we also talked about this before, but uh, I love your answer because um, as you're working your way up through the coaching ranks and keep in mind on this program, we talk to a couple of the 30 under 30 members every week as well, and some of them are getting breaks, some of them are waiting for their break, but you were at the D1 level for quite some time. You worked under Brian Weist, uh, who's been on a program before at Georgetown from 2006 to 2009. You also were at American, George Mason, Lafayette College from 2003 to 2005. So you knew what it was like at the D1 level. This opportunity comes up, and now you're there 10 years. I feel like when I asked you this last year after you won another national title, you're like, you know what, I love it. Like I feel like you told me you could – retire there right just keep on going yeah i mean yeah i mean it's, it's been a special place and, and i think you know it's such a wonderful sort of combination of having great student athletes um guys who are in it for the right reasons who uh, you know have a balanced perspective on their lives they want it badly but they're not you know desperate to be professional um and and they're having a real experience and, and i think certainly like sitting in the office and, and, and talking to families and, and parents and kids and about like their ability to have a real complete college experience. You know, the, the soccer doesn't run their life, but it's a huge part of it. They have time to do everything they want to do, and, and I think that makes it special. And then, you know, and I'm a place that can compete for everything, and I think that's that's important. You know, I'm, I'm a competitive guy. I want to be able to build competitive teams that can that can be in the hunt for for everything. And I think we, you know we're we're getting to that point. So it's it's a it's an exciting spot. You know, it would, it would take something special to, to pull me out of here. Remind me when you were, uh, were graduating from Middlebury College back in '97, where you were in four-year letterman and a captain as a senior. You played on three NCAA tournament teams, including two that advanced to the round of 16. When you were playing and you were the captain, did you know coaching was what uh, you wanted to do? No, I wasn't actually. I mean, I, I think. Um, I was, I was, I had no idea what I wanted to do initially. I mean, I majored in psychology. I, I think I thought I was going to be a doctor until like my sophomore year in college. That didn't work out. Um, I, I, I did some like day trading after school um, and, and started teaching and coaching sort of by, you know, just sort of happenstance. I needed some opportunities. And, and then once I started doing it, I think I realized pretty quickly that it was something that would, would fit really well with what sort of, um, motivated me and, and my personal drive and wanted to work with people and wanted to affect young men and women. So um, I thought, you know, it, it came to me, but it wasn't it wasn't the direction that I was, was sort of hunting down. What is the kind of magic formula around D3 success on the East Coast, particularly up in the New England area and around there? I mean, you think about the fact that uh, Michelin Pinard wanted Williams College, which uh, just beat the Tufts women's team, actually, last week as well. It seems like D3 programs in your area, I mean, they're dominant. Why is that, you think? I, I don't know exactly. I think, you know, for one, you know, there's a lot of quality teams in our area. And I think, you know, if you can come through an SCAC season, you know, and be a top team in that group, like you, you've been through some battles. Like your team is battle-tested. They know what it takes to win big and tight games. Um, and they're used to being pushed. And, and I think that experience, you know, is going to happen again in the NCAA tournament. So I think, you know, the fact that you're, you're in that environment all the time and you're being challenged all the time, you know, allows your teams to kind of come through some hurdles later in the season, potentially. Um, I think there's, you know, we're, we're recruiting players from all over the country. So it's not like it's just New England kids that are here, but I think, you know, the, the level of academics at our institutions um, are appealing to kids everywhere, you know, and, and I think when you combine that with with a great, great Division three athletic conference, 
um, you know, it becomes a really appealing place to go to school. You know, uh, all these programs, you know, men's and women's in our in our area, especially in our conference. Um, so I think, you know, that maybe creates an advantage. Um, and uh, and other than that, it's you know, it's just like the individual nuances of it. But I think you know, we always talk about it. You know, if you can get through an SCAC season, like nobody's put through that much of a challenge um, every year, like like our teams are. You know, and if you can sort of survive the conference. Um, you're going to be well hardened and prepared for anything anyone else wants to throw at you once you get in the postseason. From the coaching education point, and you've always said great things about United Soccer coaches, and you're right there where there's MLS team and uh, some great Division One college programs for men's as well. I mean, it's got to be a great place to be, right, if you want to be a high-level coach like you are. A hundred percent, and I think you know Boston's one of these. You were lucky enough to be in an area where there is a lot of quality soccer, you know, and and um, coaches who've been around, you know, and you look at Ed Kelly from Boston College, who's been around forever, and he's always, you know, happy to to chat with you and talk shop, and he's still out, you know, coaching club teams, and he's still he's still very much in it, you know, and and Harvard and BU, and and you know, there's there's just been a lot of success up here, UConn, not that far off, um, and you know, to be honest, with like you know, with ESPN. Uh, plus and, and some of these other streaming services, like I'm, I'm watching a lot of college soccer these days. Um, and I, I try to watch Georgetown as much as possible. I think still think Brian Reese is, is about as good as there is. Um, and there's, you know, great examples of how to continue to improve your game. But if you're, if you're not trying to, you know, learn and, and get better, you're probably going to get pretty stale. So I, I think I try to keep it fresh and try to continue to educate myself so that I can continue to educate my team. You know, I'm actually calling uh, the Georgetown-Maryland game on FS1 coming up in a, in a few weeks, uh, which is kind of exciting because not only is it streaming on ESPN+, Plus, I mean, FS1, ESPN, I mean, Big Ten Network, they're all putting college soccer on linear TV, which is, I mean, it's just such a great world, particularly for somebody like me, right, who has been broadcasting college soccer for for 25 years. Uh, any little nugget I can say to Brian Weiss that uh, maybe will make him laugh or giggle or anything like that? Um, no, I mean, you know, I, I keep it up, you know. Um, keep keep, Neil, keep Dylan Nealis healthy uh, <laughs> and, uh, and and keep that group going. But it's, it's exciting to see them off to a great start. I think they had a great group. If you want to lend me some guys for a semester at a time, that would be great. You know, no big deal. But, um <laughs> Uh, it's, uh, no, I think it's a great group and fun to watch, and, you know, I look forward to seeing, seeing them hopefully, uh, continue to play deep this fall. Well, the Jumbles now just the fifth program in NCAA Division Three history to win three national championships after you beat Calvin College in an undefeated season. You did it down the road from where my studio is in Greensboro, North Carolina. Coach, I ask you this all the time, but what's gotta go right for you to put number four? Because, you know, we want to eventually get to that thumb as well. But uh, what do you got to do right this year to get number four? Um, I mean, you got to do a lot of things right. You know, I think our conference is is uh, is as challenging as it's been. You know, we, we got a bit of a wake up call at Williams this weekend, and and uh, they gave us a good stiff punch in the mouth. And, and luckily, we we responded, and, uh, and they thought our seniors' character and, and leadership came through, and uh, getting the game sort of tilted back in our direction. But um, it's going to be incredibly difficult. We got to stay healthy. We got to be lucky, but we got to be committed, you know, all the time to, to to working hard to get better, to working for each other, and, and doing a lot of things right, you know, from a collective perspective. Um, you know, look out for each other, handle our bodies, handle our health, handle our work ethic, you know, and, and handle our academics right, so that we can be healthy, fresh, um, and in the best place we need to be, you know, come later in the season. But uh, if we get ahead of ourselves at all and, and, and start thinking about two and three and five games in front of us, I think we'll be 
in trouble. We got one game at a time. Keene State Wednesday night, and uh, we got to be ready to put in the work to earn a earn a win. Well, and coach, knowing that you put in the work to get to where you are as well, and knowing that we've got a couple. 30 under 30 members for United Soccer Coaches coming up. What would be, and this will be the last question, what would be your message to these young coaches that are trying to get the break to become a, a head coach like you are? What's your message to them, Josh? They have to stay hungry and they got to put themselves around the right people. You know, um, you know, find out who inspires you and who does a good job of things and who's got good reputations and, and, and find ways to get around them and, and listen and ask questions and, and be proactive in, in your own development. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the early stages of, of being a, a collegiate coach are, are not all that glamorous. You know, there's not a lot of money in it. There's not a lot of um, recognition in it. Um, and, and, you know, you spend a lot of time in a car and you spend a lot of time on sidelines not coaching as much as you'd like. But, you know, you, there's, there's opportunities to, to get better in those situations as well. And you've got to pay attention, listen, ask questions and, and put, yourself around, put yourselves around the best people possible. And I think there's a ton to learn before you get your break. And then when you get your break, work your tail off and, and own it. Speaking of the best people, give our best to Amy, Ben, Sophie, and Evan, your beautiful family. Good luck as you go for another national championship at the D3 level. Josh, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Dean, thanks for your time. Good luck. Have a great year. And I uh, wish everyone luck out there in the college soccer team. Snap's awesome. I have five teams on Team Snap. There are no questions asked by the players, the parents. Very easy to use. Very, very, very easy. Simple to use. Everyone, you know, everything's right there. Messages, availability, boom, boom, boom. I've looked at other at other things, and I think Team Snap sets the bar for this type of team management software. It's the best that I found. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast, presented by Team Snap. How lucky can you be as we dedicate today's show to D3. We talked to the reigning head coaches for D3 women, D3 men, and sure enough, we ended right, and you heard Josh Shapiro talking about advice for coaches climbing up the ladder, trying to get the job, and you know what? Our next guest doesn't need any advice. He's already the top man. He's been there for a while. We're talking about another member of our 30 under 30, and even better, he's at the D3 level. As we meet Connor Preacher, he is the head women's soccer coach at Hood College, the Blazers in Frederick, Maryland. And guess what? He just turned 30 on August 26th, so plenty of time for that 30 under 30 class, and he joins me now. Connor, first of all, happy birthday, and thanks for being on the program. Well, thank you so much for the birthday wishes, and uh, glad to be on the program today. Yeah, so first off, what made you uh, decide that uh, you wanted to be a part of United Soccer Coaches 30 Under 30, Connor? Well, uh, in, in speaking with some past members that uh, I've been fortunate enough to know, uh, they've been uh, they've been really, really helpful in getting me involved in United Soccer Coaches and were, were good standard bearers for the program and, and wanted to... Uh, wanted to encourage me to apply, so I applied, and uh, I was fortunate enough to be accepted with a, with a great group of 29 others. Yeah, uh, uh, they really are a great group, right? 15 outstanding men, 15 wonderful women dedicated to the sport and, you know, passionate about it. And, you know, I like your story as well because uh, oftentimes we'll have somebody that's only focused on the women's side or only on the men's side, and, and you did both, right? You were an assistant coach at... Hood College Blazers with the men's program. The women's job opened up. You jumped at it. 
Talk about that transition and what you liked about coaching both the men and now what you like about coaching the women, Connor. Well, yeah, it's uh, it's something that uh, I've been fortunate enough to be at Hood College for a while now, and uh, I've had experience with both the men's and the women's programs here. Um, in working in, as an assistant with the men's side, uh, one of the nice things is getting, uh, getting a chance to work with our student-athletes in, in the men's game. Um, just being able to relate to it a little bit better uh, as a player, as a, as a former Division three athlete in men's soccer, um, understanding the game, understanding uh, the rigors of the academics, understanding the, the lifestyle. Um, I, I think that was something that was, that was always important for, for me as a coach to be able to relate to our players. Um, and the women's side, it, it's been, it has been an adjustment. I, I'd be lying if I said that it was a, a seamless transition. Um, but in, in the college game, I feel like the, the women's game more fits my coaching style, my personality. Um, I, I think there's, there's a lot more, um, a lot more nuance to the game. Uh, and I've found that that has been a great fit for me. Well, clearly you've also found that Hood College is a great fit for you because it's where you played. I mean, you've been there a long, long time. I mean, I'm looking at this. You're from New Jersey. You appeared and started in a school record 61 games as a defender for the Blazers. You captained the team your junior and senior year. You were selected to the CACR academic team three times, and you were also inducted to the National Athlete Honor Society, and you received an award for selflessness, sincerity, and optimism at the annual Senior Athletic Banquet I think that says a lot about the kind of person you are. Those are all great honors. You love this place, don't you? I, I do. I, there's, there's a strong sense of loyalty uh, for me here, and I, I think that a lot of coaches wait a long, long time to have an opportunity to coach at the alma mater, uh, especially in a head coaching role. And uh, I've been fortunate enough to to be around here for a while. Um, I, I will say that I miss. I miss New Jersey. I grew up just off the uh, just off the Jersey Shore, um, which has its positives and its negatives. But uh, Frederick, Maryland, and Hood College has been home for uh, a better part of the well now over a decade. Well, you got your Bachelor of Arts degree in management, a Master's in teaching. Are you also doing some teaching uh, besides the teaching that you're doing out on the soccer field? Uh, I am not. I am not. I'm not. I'm full-time in our athletics department. Uh, my secondary duties keep me, uh, keep me in NCAA compliance. So uh, I'm pretty uh, pretty well-versed in a lot of different things, business, education, compliance, which, I mean, a lot of, a lot of the legal side of things. So um, I've been all over the place in terms of my professional growth and development. What's been your best memory so far as a player or assistant coach or a head coach at Hood College? I think the best memories are, are always, and this is, this is an annual occurrence, um, I guess best and worst uh, is seeing all four seniors on their final day, um, getting a chance to, to watch them play in, in their final match, and really just a mix of emotions that comes with it, the, the joy of having coached a group of players through their college experience, and and then the sadness and the, uh, the, the feeling of, you know, the, the end of a journey uh, in the final match. I, I've always found that to be just a pop and a negative ball at once in that day. And it's just a strong mix of emotions. But it, it's always been the most rewarding for me, just that journey, that journey to that final moment. It all comes back, back to you on that day. 
As you just celebrated your 30th birthday, who have been some uh, role models or mentors or people that have been key in your development as a coach and as a person? Well, I've been fortunate enough to uh, to have a number of coaches that have, have been an advocate for me and mentors for me um, through through my time in coaching club and um, Olympic development program. Uh, a big one in this area has been, uh, been Bo Eske, the executive director of FC Frederick. Um, he, he was one who gave me a chance, fresh out of college and club, to, to give me an opportunity to work with teams. Um, the, the folks at Maryland ODP, um, they, they have welcomed me as one of their own, even though I am a bit of a transplant, uh, coming out of New Jersey. Um, and, and at head college, the likes of Brian Wall, who's my mentor, who was, uh, who's my head coach that I played for, and, and Ken Putnam, who I worked for as a, as a men's assistant. Um, they've been they've been key resources for me in, in growing in the college game and growing as a coach and as a person. Finally, coach, as uh, you think about what this thirty under thirty program has meant, and you continue, you can tell by the fact that you even got your masters of arts in teaching. You're always looking to learn, and you're always always looking to teach as well. What has been the best thing about uh, being a member of United Soccer Coaches? Not just this great thirty under thirty class, but just being able to participate, whether it's conventions or whatever, what's what's the best part about United Soccer Coaches for you, Coach? Well, I have to say honestly, my my best experience through the program and and through uh, through United Soccer Coaches through the first part of this year, I was I was fortunate enough to uh, be mentored. My thirty under thirty mentor was uh, was now the late Charlie Slagle, um, and just to be able to to meet him, to work with him, to to communicate with him um, in this part of his life, uh, just being able to absorb the the information that he was able to share. And his unfortunate passing this summer was uh, was difficult, but I I got to meet a man and, and communicate with a man that that has been through everything in soccer and given so much back to the sport. Um, just to have the opportunity to meet someone like that. Uh, during my time with the program in the United Soccer Coaches, it's been, it's been extremely, uh, it, it's been a blessing for me. You weren't supposed to make me emotional, Connor. I just did a, a game this weekend with Ralph Polson, um, former United Soccer Coaches coach. Charlie Slagle and I did several games on Fox Soccer together. I've known him forever. Um, he would just routinely call, and even Ralph was telling me just on Saturday when we did the game, he would just call and just say, hey, Coach Polson, Coach Slagle. And just, you know, want to touch base and see what's going on. Um, what a great man. And I'm so thankful that I asked that question and, and so thankful for the kind words you, you said about him because you get it. He is, he, he's going to be missed so much. So thanks for, thanks for sharing that, Connor. Thanks for sharing your story. Thanks for sharing the fact that uh, you just celebrated a birthday and congratulations. Uh, being part of the 30 Under 30 program. Well, thank you so much for, for having me, and thank you so much for, for letting me talk about uh, my story and my experience with United Soccer Coaches. Looking for ways to improve your training sessions? Quick Goal has supplied the highest quality soccer goals, seating, field, and training equipment for over 30 years. From backyards to the world's greatest pitches, Quick Goal has products essential for every level of the game. As an official partner to the United Soccer Coaches and technical partner to U.S. Soccer, Quick Goal knows what equipment you need to take your game to the next level. Visit quickgoal.com to satisfy all your equipment needs. Welcome back to our United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Team Snap. Delighted to be with you today as uh, 
we put a heavy focus on D3 coaches and, of course, also a heavy focus on our 30 under 30. First time we've actually interviewed three of our outstanding members, all three of them, part of the 15 that are on the male side. Next week we'll switch back over to the female side, but kind of cool. We just talked to Connor Preacher, who just turned 30 uh, about a week ago, right? He's the head women's soccer coach for D3 with the Hood College Blazers, where he was a player. He's got to be probably the oldest member, I would think, since he just turned 30. And now we think we're joined by the youngest member of this current 30 under 30 class, just 22 years young, Evan Siegel, who's a coach with Real Colorado, which has a great place in my heart, having spent time with the Colorado Rapids and know a lot of great folks. That's a great club out there. And Evan Siegel, just 22 years old, joins us now. Evan, thanks for being with us. Well, thanks so much for having me. I've, I've really been looking forward to it. Yeah, 22, my man. Like, what's the deal? I mean, that's pretty hard to be part of this class at just 22, right? You've only got just a little bit of time on this earth already, and you're doing some great things. What made you believe and know and think that you could be a part of this great membership, 30 under 30, at such a young age? Well, I mean, honestly, I thought it would probably take me a couple times applying. Um, but, I mean, I just, you know, since I started coaching, I guess, four years ago, I just knew that, um, you know, this is something I wanted to do, and I've always tried to push myself to get myself into situations where I'm really uh, challenged and, and around people who are like-minded. And so I just thought I'd try. <laughs> Couldn't tell you what made them take me, but I'm thrilled that they did. Well, let's figure it out because I'm sure there's some good stories here behind it. Um, first off, the fact that you live in the great state of Colorado, that's a big check mark because everybody loves Colorado. It's, yeah. it's God's country, right? Indeed. Um, the fact you spent time around Aspen, that's pretty rough, too, by the way. My goodness. Here you are. As you said, you didn't play college soccer. In fact, you're still taking classes right now at University of Denver. So how does a young man who is not playing college soccer but, you know, probably played uh, as a youngster, maybe in club or high school, what, what made you say, you know what, I want to coach. I want to lead young people even though you are a young person. Yeah, well, I, I guess the way it started, I, I was at college at the University of Colorado in Boulder, and uh, just pretty early on, just realized that I wasn't quite ready to do that. Um, so like you said, I moved up to the mountains to kind of be a ski bum, um, and just ended up coaching a, a U-12 boys team, kind of just as a, a favor to a friend of mine who was the director of coaching at a club. Um, and, and just trying to look into activities to work on with them and, uh, you know, just the, the better experience I tried to create for them, the more I learned and the more I realized that, you know, this is what I want to do. Um, and I really spent as much time as possible working as hard I, as I can, you know, just trying to make sure that whatever team I'm coaching, you know, they have the best positive developmental experience that I can provide. Well, how about that? Uh, good for you. I mean, it's not – sometimes college isn't for everybody, at least at that certain time, right? Sometimes you gotta you got to find yourself and, you know, and it doesn't hurt hanging out on the slopes of, of Aspen. And sometimes oh, you're just looking – yeah, you're just looking for a tipping point. A friend says, I want to do this. And now you must be all in, though, right? Because to dive into that and then to dive into further coaching education – says something about where you want to go with this, right? Definitely. I mean, really after that first season, 
you know, things really kind of started to take off. Um, living in what is really, you know, it's a pretty remote area in the mountains. There just aren't too many people who uh, coach seriously, you know, as work. Certainly some for fun, but, but also as work. Um, so it's a small community. Um, after that season with that boys team, I got asked to join the girls' high school staff. Uh, you know, then the club after that season asked me to coach our girls' U19 team. Uh, you know, I was talking with the club a program, which, you know, really expanded while I was there. Um, ended up coaching uh, with the Mountain Region ODP in western Colorado. Uh, and just have been really lucky to have a bunch of awesome experiences um, that, I, you know, I probably wouldn't have had if I were in a different environment. Um, but that's where I was, and I feel incredibly lucky to have gotten to do those things, uh, have support to pursue formal education, you know, formal coaching education, uh, to get to a point where now that I am back in school, I'm also able to still coach at a level that I'm happy with, and um, it's it's really been awesome. So what are you majoring in in school while you're doing this coaching with Real Colorado? Right now I'm uh, I'm double majoring in public policy and socio-legal studies. Okay, so that's interesting. So that is, uh, how is that going to be maybe applicable to coaching, or are you going to go a different direction on me, Evan? I'm definitely, definitely not going to go in a different direction. One of the things that I think is kind of applicable, arguably, is, is just learning about how people interact with each other in an organized setting. Um, but, you know, the truth is it's it's not super applicable to coaching. Um, but I'm the kind of person, you know, I, I totally believe in learning about things that you're interested in and working as hard as you can at things that you like. Um, and so, you know, I really have two sets of formal education. One is that side of my life, which I am passionate about and interested in. And then the other is, uh, you know, education having to do with the game and, and player development and you know, coaching development as well. Um, so not not super related, uh, just something that I'm interested in. There's been a lot of big, big names come out of Real Colorado, and I'm talking big names players, oh, yeah. big name coaches, coaches that have made a powerful impact. So during your time with Real Colorado, uh, who are some of the names, whether they're coaches or players, that you've interacted with that have uh, lit that fire even more for you? Well, uh, so I've been there for about a month, but I mean, you're totally right. It's it's a club that has done so many great things, produced so many great players and coaches. Uh, you know, we love to talk about how we're Mallory Pugh's former club uh, and stuff like that. I did get to see at sort of our Colorado soccer big meeting um, the chief operations officer, who's also involved with the DA, uh, a guy named Jared Spires. He was accepting an award and. And just hearing the way that he spoke about his own journey starting out as a young coach and working hard and, you know, to get to a point where he's he's a big deal at, at a club where I really respect what's going on there, um, I just kind of knew that was where I wanted to be. Um, you know, if I was going to move out of the comfortable mountain life, I wanted to go to Real Colorado. What's your message uh, with your family when – you're at Boulder, you decided, uh, and I respect that. I had a son that actually took a gap year and tried to figure things out and then went on to get his degree, and so I'm totally on board with uh, your game plan, particularly 
since you're doing these other things. I mean, I think there's something to be said about, you know, hey, I'm going to do this, but then you can also go back and say, hey, Mom and Dad, by the way, I'm a member of 30 Under 30. There are thousands and thousands of coaches, and they picked me, Mom and Dad. That's kind of cool. Well, it definitely, I mean, yeah, they that totally support me and, and support my choices. Um, but, you know, it was nice to, to sort of get that email and be able to say, hey, look, you know, I'm good at this. Hopefully, hopefully this can turn into something. Um, but, you know, something that I'm also huge on and I try and, you know, get this across to my players too is, you know, if something's not working out, it's always good to just try something different. Um, or, or at least it never hurts, um, just because that has been my experience. You know, if you asked me five years ago if I was going to be coaching soccer in a pretty time-intensive and, and serious way, I would have kind of laughed at you. But, you know, just that decision to take a step back uh, and try something else was hands down the best thing I've ever done, uh, you know, kind of culminating in being accepted into the 30 under 30 class, which I'm super grateful for. All right, so you talked about the double major. You talked about the fact that um, you made some decisions to kind of get some balance in your life and then also having the ambition to apply for this. What? Uh, where do you see yourself at age 30, which is still a long, long time from now? It is. Um, you know, I mean, that's just such a good question. I, you know, up, up to this point, I've kind of just, really been working as hard as I can wherever I am and uh, opportunities have, have come up and that's been awesome for me. Um, I would, you know, I do have goals eventually. I think I'd like to get into the DA. Um, but, you know, really, I just really enjoy coaching um, and giving players a, a positive experience that, that for me when I was growing up was just so important uh, in just learning that there's was at least one place where, you know, I could just go and, and work hard and get better at something. Um, and just I really enjoy that process. So, you know, at least for now, wherever I am, I'm, I'm pretty happy. Well, I like that answer. I told you when uh, before we went on the air, I saw that 303 area code, and I got pretty excited. I, I It also made me feel pretty old when you told me you were 22 because uh, I got involved with U.S. soccer back in 1989 down in Colorado Springs and then ended up back in Colorado as the uh, original voice of the Colorado Rapids in 1996. Knowing that uh, Colorado is such a, a great place and the Colorado Rapids, uh, you know, they have a little bit of struggle, but, I mean, just a couple of years ago they were right there, right? They were changed. Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, have you been able to get involved or at least support the uh, professional team there? I played with the Rapids Youth Club when I was growing up. Um and that was awesome. I mean, I definitely remember when they won the MLS Cup, and that was sweet. You know, everyone was celebrating, and um, it really felt very cool to, you know, be a part of that. Uh, and I'm actually going to a game on Wednesday uh, when they play the Galaxy, so that I'm very excited for, too. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it is it is an organization that I, I grew up watching. I know some of the guys early you know, knew of when I was growing up, some of the guys who are playing right now, and that's that's super cool. So we've been uh, having some legacy members on the show the past few weeks, guys like uh, Jerry Yagley, the godfather, and, mm-hmm. and John Rennie, and Ralph Foson, guys that have been around it forever, and here you are at 22, and perhaps um, 
maybe not enough people know about United Soccer Coaches, formerly known as NSCAA, with maybe a younger audience listening because you're on this program. What's your message to folks about how United Soccer Coaches could help a young man or woman in their development to become a coach? Well, for me, I mean, 30 under 30 or not, what the organization does is so great. Um, just having a network of other coaches who want to become better coaches uh, and are willing to share ideas with you and, and listen to your ideas and genuinely show an interest in, in furthering each other's development. I mean, I would not have whatever success I have had today if, if not uh, for the association. Um, like I said, both in terms of, of sort of just networking, but then also um, sort of just what comes out of that networking and, and feeling like you're part of a community of, of like-minded people who, you know, all have the same goal in mind, which is to, you know, become better at player development and, and to give soccer players the best experience possible. I mean, it's something that, uh, you know, I, I really believe that, that everybody should, go to a convention if they can, go to a course if they can, um, or even, you know, just try and get involved somehow through advocacy, really anything. Um, I've just been so lucky to be a part of that, and I, uh, you know, just like for everyone to kind of share in that, because it really is a great organization, uh, something that I look forward to being a part of for as long as I'm coaching, which hopefully will be a pretty long time. You are creating your own path, doing it the way you want to do it, and yet showing the ambition to get involved in the 30 under 30 class. I think it's awesome, Evan. So I wish you all the best. I hope to see you at one of these conventions, and, um, you know, I'll be tracking you when you get that degree and your next step. Well, thank you so much, Dean. Best of luck to that young man. And talking about inspirational young men, wait till you hear the story of Luis Polito, another member of our 30 under 30 class. Get this, his mom and dad, immigrants from Mexico, land in California. They are migrant workers, as he describes, out in the fields. And they decide to move to Nebraska. They get jobs working at essentially a meat factory in middle America. And they've got four kids. They all moved from California. He's just rolling along thinking, I'm going to be a grocer and play soccer, and that's all I'm going to do. Next thing you know, he finds his way onto a college team, is able to get an education. Now he's under 30, under 30. He's a graduate assistant at an NAIA school in South Dakota, and he's a dad. He's just fantastic. Luis Polito. Want 15 extra hours each week? Team Snap can help give it to you. Their customers save tons of time every week on communication, registration, scheduling, and more. Bring your club or league into the 21st century with Team Snap. Go to TeamSnap.com. Welcome back to our United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Team Snap. My favorite part of the show, as you know, where we get to talk to a couple more members of the United Soccer Coaches 30 Under 30 program. We get to be joined now by Luis Polito, who I'm excited for him because he just took a job joining the staff as a graduate assistant as he now has left Nebraska and he's in South Dakota with Dakota Wesleyan University with the men's soccer program, joining the staff as a graduate assistant for 
this season. That's N-A-I-A, and Luis joins me now. Luis, thanks for being with us. Yeah, yeah, love, love doing this. We're looking forward to getting to know you because um, we love being able to talk to people out there in middle America as well. That's right where you are, right? You're in Nebraska. Now you're in South Dakota. So let's learn a bit more about you, though. Tell us uh, where you were born, where you grew up, uh, where you played soccer, maybe even in college. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so uh, I was I was born in Turlock, California, uh, on the on the West Coast. I was actually um, my parents had just moved to the U.S. from Mexico, um, and I was out of all my siblings, I'm the youngest, and I was the only one born in the U.S. Um, but that's where that's where I lived. I lived there for about eight years. Um, when I was eight years old, I moved to Nebraska, and that's where I grew up um, most of my life. To be honest with you, I I look back to when I was in California, and I look back to to here in Nebraska, and I'm, I'm glad we made the move. Um, just where I was in California wasn't the nicest place. Um, there's always there's always some crime and stuff like that. So um, that was the big one of the big reasons why my family chose to move, um, and then also just for work because they, I mean they were they were migrant workers. They were working in the fields in California, and over in Nebraska, there's an opportunity for them to work. Uh, like meat packing plants, so so that was that was one of the reasons why we moved. But um, growing up, I I mean where I played, I have been playing since I was since I was young. I was always at my older siblings' games, and I just I mean that's where I would kick a ball, and that's just kind of kind of how it started. Um, but in terms of club, I only played I played club one, not even the whole season because. It was just too much for my family in terms of just money-wise and stuff like that. So the moment I turned 14, I started playing in adult leagues um, here in Nebraska. So that's kind of how that's kind of how I started out, you know. And a lot of it in those leagues, you have a lot of college college kids that are trying to get touches in over the summer. You have people that have played and they're in their 20s, um, and then just you have a couple high schoolers and just kids my age. So that was fun. It's a I played goalkeeper, so I learned quite a bit from doing that. You know, you definitely learn how to come out of your box when you're having to come out against guys that are bigger and stronger than you. Um, but I ended up playing. College wasn't even, honestly, something I had considered. Uh, and I got, had, when I was a sophomore in high school, I had um, I had a friend of mine that was a senior, and he wanted someone to go with him on this tryout with uh, with the college where I ended up playing. And I went with them just to go, um, and I ended up getting a call my senior year from that school. I, like I said, college wasn't even in my plans. It was a week before I graduated high school, and that's just kind of I ended up I ended up playing. I just had never considered it because no one in my family had done had done college. We didn't really know much about it, and I'm glad I did because I was able to I was able to get a bachelor's degree. You know, I. I was able to, to, you know, get it. I was actually a teacher for the last four years, um, so I was able to get a teaching job right away. Coached at a high school, coached at a junior college in Nebraska, and that's kind of how how a lot of this got started. Man, Luis, I am touched by your story, particularly in today's political climate. And you know exactly what I'm talking about. I mean, you got to be so proud of your mom and dad for one. Uh, I got to believe wanting to find a better life for you and your brothers and sisters by getting out of where you were and, and moving to Nebraska, which is, I mean, those people are as genuine and as honest and just awesome people. I get to go to Nebraska some with my work 
with the Big Ten Network, and here you go with them after you admitted some, you know, I got to believe some tough times uh, living in California, and I mean, amazing. What, what, so what college was it that you went with your buddy? Where did you end up playing? Oh, uh, yeah, it was your college. Um, it's, it was, it's, uh, in Nebraska. And we actually, um, we, we actually play them tomorrow, which is kind of, it's kind of crazy, but, um, yeah, they, uh, your college. And I didn't, like I said, I didn't think much of it. For me, like the way, the way I grew up, you know, you graduate high school, you, for me, I was my plan was after high school to to just work at a grocery store, and I liked it because I would get off at two and I could play soccer from about three until seven p.m. and that was my plan. And wow. and to me that made sense. I mean, I was I was I just wanted to play. That's all I wanted to do. And like I said, I just hadn't considered college. But when that, when I got that phone call, um, honestly, it was ten days ten days before my before I graduated. And I was just like, well, I love the idea. I want, you know, I want to play, um, but what do I need to do? You know, so I had to do all my FAFSA, talk to counselors, and it was it was pretty speedy, but it was. I'm glad I did it. What do you remember about how proud your mom and dad were? Because I got to believe, based on what you told me, um, the fact that, you know, nobody in your family had gone to college, they didn't know what was going on, right? They, what, what was their reaction? They had to have been super proud of you. Yeah, I mean, they, they've, um, that's, that's one thing, you know, that they've expressed in these last couple of years as well, just kind of, you know, starting a, starting a soccer school and doing that kind of stuff too. Like they've, you know, they've said that that's a big thing that, they, something that they weren't expecting, but they're, they're really proud of everything we've done. And that's one thing I, I can honestly thank them for just teaching me the value of hard work. You know, seeing them have to work super hard. And I, and I tell them that too, like they're using, I watch them working at meatpacking plants. They're, they're using knives to cut meat and stuff like that. And they're, you know, they're already in their mid fifties. They shouldn't be working as hard as they do, but they do just because. I mean, we're we're all hungry, right? That's how I learned that through them, you know. And that's I'm I'm thankful for them teaching me that. Tell me a little bit more about uh, when you say soccer school and that type of thing. Uh, what what do you mean by that? Are you going to start a soccer school, or you're just talking about using soccer to get through school? No, um, so what I actually did, when I was in Nebraska, I started a Mind's Eye Soccer Academy, um, and I, I just did that because I thought of, I saw the same demographic in my town where I came from, and it was, it was just, I saw the need for just better soccer instruction, but also at an affordable price. You know, I was, I was one of those players, like I said, I played, I didn't even play a full season in club because it was just too much uh, for my parents. And for, you know, to, to have to pay and travel. So I figured, um, I actually called the Nebraska Association. I was thinking of starting a club, but they said there was one in my area. So, so to try to work with them. And I tried and, you know, I did, I did that. And, but it just, I figured it would just be easy to just provide instruction. So what I did was over the summer, since I, since I was a teacher and I had my summers off, we we would do these clinics and they would they would come in and all they had to do was pay five dollars for an hour and a half session and they would just get it like we'd have our first year we started off you know there'd be a couple of sessions where no one would go but then the second year it kind of it really took off and it was it was um we were able to do like five weeks of training twice a week for twenty five dollars and we so we made it pretty affordable um and I mean, I wasn't like it was me, and and then I had a couple of my high school players helping me. 
and that's that's kind of what we did in the in the summer just because like I felt there's a lot of players that want to get better like I wanted to be better when I was their age I just didn't I didn't have the avenue to to be better so I wanted to make sure that I could do that for for those kids do you have any idea how special it is I mean your story is just unbelievable so I mean Luis when you think about what you're doing, I feel like it's almost a tribute to your parents. I think you kind of said that as well. So now, though, you've left Nebraska and you're in South Dakota. What What's your end game now? Now you're a graduate assistant. What are you trying to accomplish now as you continue to do great things for your life when you could have easily, easily gone the wrong direction? Yeah, I mean, it's just kind of been – like I said, I never really had a set plan, and I've just kind of been going with it. And I, just like I didn't know how to get into college, um, the process. I also I knew I wanted to do something with soccer. Um, when I and when I finished college, um, the only way I knew I could go about it, because that's kind of how it happened in my area, was you you get a teaching job, and as a teacher, you get to coach one of the local the the school teams, you know. And I thought that was my best route at the moment. I didn't, you know, I didn't necessarily know any better uh, in terms of how to get started. Uh, so that's what I did. Uh, so I taught for four years, and I was a high school coach for four years. Um, and then now, I mean, now that I've kind of been more involved and I've kind of, you know, had a, had some mentors, I've, I mean, there was a college job that was open, and I was in line essentially to, to take over, but because I didn't have a master's degree, um, the school decided to go a different route. And I just, I kind of told myself when that happened that, that I would never get turned down for a job ever again because I didn't have a master's degree. So, so the reason, that's the reason why I'm out here. And I actually was fortunate. Our head coach, um, here at Dakota Westing, I did my C license with him, um, the, the last summer. So we just got to talking and he, he saw some of the stuff I did. Um, cause I'm big into, like doing video analysis for teams and stuff like that. So he he uh, invited me. He reached out to me and gave me this offer. So that's, I'm working on my master's now, and hopefully I can get a head coaching job once I'm done. Incredible. Well, we're all about dropping names, so let's make sure we get the names right. Who is the uh, the coach that's helping you at Dakota Westland University? Yeah, his name's Jose Lopez. What's his background? Yeah, he um he's actually he's in a he was from Mexico, uh, moved to Texas when he was younger, and then. He uh, he actually played at Dakota Wesleyan, so he's an alumni. Um, he did he did his GA he did a GA position with the school just like I am now, and then had a couple of jobs in between before he he took over here as head coach. Knowing now that you didn't really know anything about going to college and you were just going to be a grocer and play soccer, and then this happens and you get there and now you're all about an extra level of academia to get a head coaching job. How in the world did you decide um, in between all that that you wanted to be a part of this 30 under 30? Because that's also a lot of paperwork, right? I mean, what made you want to do that? Yeah, and I mean, that's – I um, so I was on the UFC on the United Soccer Coaches website, and I, you know, I became a member. I wanted – like I said, I wanted to be as involved as I can. The reason I went into teaching was, was also – I mean, I like helping people, but I also wanted – I like learning. So I was, I was like, hey, there's United Soccer Coaches. Looks like a great opportunity to learn, you know, because I saw all the courses. And I also, I just happened to come across the, the website, and it said 30 under 30. So I clicked on it just to kind of see what it was, and 
I, I, I filled out the paperwork. I talked with my, with my AD at the time, uh, to get a, to get a letter of recommendation. And it just, I got the, I got the email later on saying that I was in it. So I was very pumped about the opportunity, you know, to learn, to have a mentor, just to be better at what I do. How old are you now, Luis? I am 26. Incredible. And how many brothers and sisters do you have? I have three, three older siblings, uh, two older brothers and a sister. And they all, did they all go from California to Nebraska with you? Yeah, they, they moved, uh, I mean, my, my sister at the time, I think she was 11, my brother was 12, and then, um, my oldest brother had just graduated high school. Okay. Did he come to Nebraska or did he stay out in California? He, he, he came with us. Wow. So they're all there. I mean, they, it, it, I know it's tough to talk about yourself. I can tell you're so giving and you're more about helping others, particularly if you're only charging $5 for an hour and a half of, of soccer training. That's incredibly selfless. It's amazing. Um, they got to be super proud of you, right? Not just your mom and dad, but your brothers and sisters. I would imagine so. I mean, I don't, we're not, I guess we've also been a family that doesn't necessarily talk, you know, like I think we just kind of know that we all care for each other. We don't necessarily tell each other, but I would assume they are. And I respect it because it sounds like they're working really, really hard. But when you went to my mom and dad and said, hey, I'm going to South Dakota, what was their reaction? They were happy for me um, because of the opportunity because they know how much this all means to me. But I think that, I mean, they're obviously, they were they were sad because we, I mean, I was, I was in a town that was 40 minutes away and now I'm three hours away. So it's still, it's still a close enough drive, but it's obviously, I can't go every weekend or, you know, every other weekend like I used to. So that was, that's obviously, and we just had a, my wife and I are married. We just had a, a baby. So, and that's, that's another big thing too for them, like not being able to see their grandchild. Wow, you've got a lot of exciting stuff going on in your life. I am, I absolutely <laughs> love your story. And, you know, we don't, we don't get political on this show at all, but, you know, with the political landscape, I mean, I feel like your story, like, says so much about, you know, sacrifice and your mom and dad wanting to, you know, get you in a, in a better situation and, and here you do all this stuff on your own, you, you got to feel pretty good about where you are right now, right? Knowing that uh, you're going to get your master's and, and perhaps get a chance to be a head coach. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it feels good. And I know, like, I know it'll come uh, eventually, whether it's once I'm done with my, with my position as a GA or whatever I'm doing, I just know I'll, I'll always be involved with the game. So, I mean, whatever, however soon, how soon it comes or whatever happens, I'm just, the, the more experiences I have within the game, I know the, the better coach I'll be. Well, finally, what's been the best thing about being part of this 30 under 30 program and just being a member of United Soccer Coaches? I think it's having having more people to talk to about the game. And obviously, like, I'm so thankful to United Soccer Coaches for all the experiences I can now have and that I that I can say I have had. Like, going to the to the convention for the first time, um, you know, having courses, my my courses paid for. Like, I'm doing the premiere right now, and I've learned so much from the instructors. So just, I think the whole, the experience as a whole, you know, my mentor, uh, Vlad, I know it was, you know, I've learned so much from them as well. So everything, everything's been, the whole experience itself has just been great. Well, your story is great. I mean, it's just outstanding, and I love every move you make, and now you're a dad as well, and I can tell knowing that uh, you've been able to see firsthand what your mom and dad continue to do to 
make sure they provide for their family. I know you're going to do the same thing for, for your baby. You have a baby boy or a girl? He's a boy. His name's Benjamin, and he he just turned two months uh, this last uh, September 1st. So I love that. My, my first son's name is Benjamin. Great name and great person. And, man, I, I dig this. I, I, I love my job because of people like you. I'm telling you that with all of my heart. I love my job. You know, promoting soccer, broadcasting soccer because of people like you. You're going to do great things, my man. Thanks so much for uh, being candid about your story because I'm telling you, people that are listening right now are like, wow, this kid is amazing. Keep on doing what you're doing, okay? Yeah, thanks. Thanks for all your kind words, and you know, thanks for this experience in itself. Is already, you know, I've already learned some new stuff just from talking to you, so that's great. Well, I've learned more than you've learned, I can promise you that, and uh, I'm grateful to have the chance to know you, and I'm grateful that you're part of United Soccer Coaches 30 Under 30. All the best to you, young man. Keep it going, okay? Yeah, thanks. Wow, how do you not love his story, right? Are you kidding me? Mexican immigrants come over, migrants in California, moved in Nebraska, work in a meat-cutting business, no idea about going to college, and look at this guy go. Amazing story. He didn't even get to tell you that at the convention in Chicago when they were recognized, he actually had torn all the ligaments in his ankle trying out the Copas, but he had the grit and determination to walk up on that stage showing no lip, no pain, even though afterwards he had to have a ton of work done after tearing a ton of ligaments in his ankle. That's the kind of young man he is, Luis Polito. Like him a lot. I want to thank uh, the other 30 under 30 members, Connor Preacher, who's getting it done at Hood College in Frederick, Maryland for the women's team. And also want to thank Evan Siegel with Real Colorado. And of course, our reigning D3 champions, Michelin Pinard at Williams College in her last year and Josh Shapiro at Tufts University for women and men respectively. Shout out to Michael Knipper, Sean Chevron, and the great folks at United Soccer Coaches. We'll see you same time, same channel next week for United Soccer Coaches.